Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Gary, here we are. This, this is our first one of August. We took a little bit of a break. We're, we're entitled. This is our first one of August, kind of kicking off the new school year. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. A um, lot of guests to have on. We're really looking forward to essentially what is the start i guess of year three of this podcast um we go on the school fiscal year we don't go on the uh, calendar year thank you um very excited about today's guest wasn't scheduled we actually were going to schedule somebody else um our brand new acting athletic director jen sansevero but uh this one was a little time sensitive so we had to try to to get him in here and, and i'm excited and i know this is an all jersey edition oh, yeah. of hawk talk presented by rwj barnabas um this is an all Jer- jersey edition and two and a half italians there you go which is awesome uh our guest today uh former monmouth university um quarterback turned linebacker turned assistant coach college assistant coach and currently um coaching in the professional ranks with the Michigan Panthers of the USFL. And uh, Christian Runza, thank you very much for uh, spending a little bit of time jumping on. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, really happy to be here. Uh, excited to be on the pod. You know, I know this is a very, very uh, big-time honor for me, uh, <laughs> Monmouth Athletics Pod with two greats here. So uh, really excited to get get talking with you guys, man. This should be a fun one. Yeah, so um, – I, you've been kind of around this week, just kind of popping in, helping out a little bit, just watching practice, learning, uh, like a special guest, which is awesome. Um, but before we like retrace steps and talk about your time playing here and everything else, uh, you're coming off, we'll get right to it. You're coming off a, a professional coaching gig with the USFL's Michigan Panthers. Uh, that, that increased my role to watching three teams because I had to watch the breakers uh, with Matt, Matt White on on that, and I obviously big gamblers guy with our guy Kenji Bahar calling the signals there. Um, but then then when I you know obviously we follow each other on social media, I saw that you had gotten the Michigan Panthers gig. Uh, I had to start watching the Panthers, and they were on TV. I mean, the USFL's got a good TV deal, very good TV deal, better than Live Golf, much better than Live Golf. We know you're a live, everybody's a Live Golf hater, unless unless you're uh, you know rooting for the bad guys. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they're on TV all the time. It's awesome. It's great. It's a ton of USFL. Um, so USFL, how does that come about? Right? Like you're at, you're at Towson. We'll, we'll retreat the steps, but you're at Towson. Uh, that staff, uh, kind of changes over. Mm-hmm. We'll say, um, and, and now you're looking for a gig. Yeah. So, so take us through it. It, it was really a crazy wild ride. Um, I was out of a gig for, I want to say, it was three months um, looking for a job, whether that was 
just calling buddies and seeing if there was anything open. You know, at, at first, my goal was to go the uh, FBS route, try and get a GA gig somehow. I, I still have a couple years left because you can age out of those positions. So mm-hmm. I thought with my experiences, you know, being a, a, a quality control GA type for two years and then a position coach for two years, at, you know, at the FCS level, I thought that was a realistic next step for me. Um, but it's in this job, you learn really quick that uh, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Right. Um, and and that's how I got the job in the first place at Towson. You know, I mean, I, I was a guy that just looking to get a start and a former coach that was here was on staff at Towson and con- connection of a connection kind of got me in there and I worked my way up from that. But for the USFL, it was, I was actually, it's a crazy story. I, I was at Endicott College a Division three school up in Massachusetts interviewing for their linebackers job. It was a Thursday um, in February. And in the middle of the interview, I get out of the interview with the head coach and the defensive staff, and it's a little bit of a break time. I check my phone, and the defensive coordinator that I worked for at Towson texts me and says, hey, I might have a USFL linebackers job for you. My first response was, yeah, okay. I kind of blew it off. Like, there's no way. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's a lot of people who yeah. would love to work in that role. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and where I was in the job search process, I just didn't think that was in the realm of possibility. Nor did I even know how to get a job like that. I didn't have mm-hmm. any connections at that level or anything like that. So I said, okay, I'll give you a call. I'm in an interview right now. I'll give you a call later tonight. I call him on the way home. He's like, yeah, a buddy of mine that I worked with five, 10 years ago, called me and said, Hey, we're looking for a younger guy, right. That can, that is going to coach the linebackers, but also has to help out with the computer stuff, the GA work. Cause in that level, it's a much smaller staff than most people assume. Mm -hmm. We only had three total defensive coaches, not including our head coach, uh, Mike Nolan, who was really the defensive coordinator calling it, but it was, he has a little bit of experience, just a little bit. (laughs) We we can get into that in a little bit, but definitely, um, so they were looking for a younger guy that that is that can coach the linebackers, but also needs to do all the extra uh, graduate assistant work. You know, the scatter reports, get break, video breakdowns. Right. Um, and I have a lot of experience doing that. So um, it was kind of a, just a perfect fit for me. You know, the next day, Friday morning, I get a call from the offensive coordinator, uh, Eric Marty, um, and he kind of gives me the rundown on what the job job is going to be, what it's like to be in the USFL. Um, gives me a couple of pointers on how to schmooze up Coach Nolan a little bit in the interview. <laughs> um, and then Friday night, get a call from Coach Nolan setting up a, uh interview for Saturday morning on, on Zoom. Did a Zoom interview Saturday morning, and after the 45-minute interview, offered me the job on the spot, um, which I – Took I mean, maybe a half a second to accept. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, how long did that take? <laughs> it was a it – was uh, I was actually down visiting my girlfriend. It was her mom, her mom's birthday Friday night. We're about to take a uh, alcoholic beverage. Cheers, mm-hmm. and I get a call from Mike Nolan <laughs> right. while I, my glasses in the air. <laughs> I couldn't have sprinted any faster upstairs to answer the phone. Right, um, and then the next morning we set up a whole Zoom interview, and he was actually born in Baltimore. Oh, okay. And my girlfriend's in the Baltimore area. Her mm-hmm. grandfather won a World Series with the Orioles. They're big Orioles guys. And so her dad set up his office with a signed Cal Ripken jersey right behind, <laughs> some Ravens gear right behind, because he, he, he coached for the Ravens as well as a defensive coordinator for a little bit. Right. So we kind of schmoozed it a little bit there, and that was our first talking point. Nice. Um, and he, in the interview, 
the 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 best thing about Coach Nolan is is he is an unbelievable person, truly a great person that cares about the people that he's with, and his family is number one. Mm-hmm. Can't have a conversation with Coach Nolan without him talking about his family, which is amazing. You don't get you don't get right. a true, real, genuine person. A lot of times, coaches aren't like that at all. Hundred percent, and um, so that kind of. You know, me talking about my girlfriend, her family, how involved I am, you know, in, in the, and with her family and understanding everything that goes on. That helped me, I, I believe. And mm-hmm. I talked about my family, you know, being from uh, Jersey, Italian family. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Right. So that I think our philosophies and our mindsets really molded well together. We kind of had just a similar mindset when it came to everything. And um it was a it was a good fit, you know, for both of us. I, I feel like I was the person that he was kind of looking for, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know it at the time, but he was the mentor that I was looking for as well. Um, so it really worked out. And I mean, I was literally one day away from accepting a Division three job for money that I couldn't afford to <laughs> right. to live on. Really, <laughs> a lot of peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, um, up in the Boston area, you know, it's tough to live up there, and right. Um, it's crazy how this thing works. You know, it's, it's, you know, God was looking down on me, right. you know, and, and, and everything, um, works out at the end, you know, if you trust God's plan. So yeah. that was kind of that, that, I mean, it was a blessing man. it really was. The USFL, I think it's kind of interesting to, to like to everybody knows the NFL, right? Like 17 weeks or 18 weeks now and, and you're traveling and, and so on and so forth. First of all, it's in the spring. Mm-hmm. So, your personnel, I think, is a little bit tailored to the fact that it's an, an off-season, quote-unquote. Um, take us through a year in the league, like, as far as the travel or the lack of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that's kind of kind of a thing there. Like, take me through a season in the, in the USFL, like, yeah. from training camp to the end of the year. Okay, so we really start working in February. Um, you start... A little bit of playbook stuff in February, but it's more of scouting, getting ready for who you're going to draft in our February college draft. So we draft college seniors graduating, looking to go to the NFL. We want guys that are going to get a shot at the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're looking; it's it's tough to draft because you're not going to draft Bryce Young, right? <laughs> right. You know, because you, you know you're never going to see him. But right. you want to draft guys that are seventh under seventh round undrafted free agent rookie minicamp guys that will get a chance and if it doesn't work out we hope it does right but if it doesn't work out we get their rights to sign them so sure so um we had a draft in february um and then once the draft is over you are starting your position meetings on zoom trying to get your guys ready for a new system because we were a new staff other than our offensive coordinator um eric uh, Marty, he was the only guy from the previous staff that was kept. So defensively, it's a completely new system. There was a lot of returning guys from the year before. We obviously brought in um, a bunch of new players as well. Um, so that f- before we get out there, it's all Zooms. You get out there, you have about a month of training camp, really three weeks, um, where the playbook was not big at all. You know, like like at the college level, your playbook is, I mean, it's it's a big playbook, two, three hundred pages mm-hmm. because you have spring, fall, all that stuff to right. install. Here we have three weeks and you got to hit the ground running <laughs> week one, ready to go, going down to play the Houston Gamblers. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it was we had to shorten it down a little bit, make it make it uh, simple enough where they can play fast. But, you know, difficult enough for the offense where we got to give them some fits and we want to be successful in what we do. Our biggest goal was to make the players play fast so they can get good film to get to the NFL. Mm -hmm. 
our goal as coaches in this league, yes, we want to win football games, but we want our players to go to the league. You know, we want them to keep continue to fulfill their dream. That's what this league, that's what this league is about. And the same with the XFL too. Right. Right. It's 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 all about getting our guys back to where they want to be. Um, so uh, then you got your your season starts. Um, it was April 16th, I believe, was our first game this year. So we got out there. We reported as coaches March 12th. Players were March 16th. First game was Mar- was uh, April 16th. But you had to wait about a week to really start practicing on the field with all the paperwork and mm-hmm. medical stuff. Physical, you had to do physical stuff like that, like yeah. A bunch of stuff, conditioning tests, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had about three weeks. Got ready. We flew down to Memphis to play Houston. So the way the league was set up this year was there was eighteen. There's eight teams in the league in four cities. So two teams were in Memphis. Two teams were in Birmingham. Two in Canton, Ohio, and then two uh, in Detroit, Michigan, which mm-hmm. is where we were. Um, practicing in Detroit in March was not fun. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. No. Uh, we were at Eastern Michigan, so we did have access to the bubble on occasion, but. You're in the middle of spring season for them, so right. we had to work around their schedules as well. So we didn't get it every day. And, and there's another team. Yes, and there's the How Philadelphia Stars. It, I have never experienced anything like that, <laughs> and I never thought I would, especially when I took the job. Right. The, the basically, they, they, it was a big office building, kind of, just a one-story office building where they had a cafeteria for our players, like our dining hall kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had a couple of meeting rooms, that were separate, but again, we have to share those with them. So our staff and the Philadelphia staff had to be on the same page a lot of times with those little meeting rooms. But for the team meeting rooms, when you meet as an offensive unit or defensive unit, there was just four rooms separated by curtains. <laughs> so when we're meeting, we, we play the Philadelphia Stars two times in the regular season, and we scrimmaged them twice before the season started. <laughs> So let's just say there was a little bit of a rivalry, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you're you're with them every day. You start to get tired of them being around. You know, right. They start to get tired of us, obviously. Um, and uh, it was it was weird because we're game planning for them. They're game planning for us, and we're meeting right next to each other sometimes. <laughs> you know, strange. so it's like kind of like an honor code. You better if you print something out. And you don't want it, you better rip it up right. to shreds. Shred it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't it's leave like, it around. It's one of those where you better not leave something around the building. So you got to be really careful when you're dealing with them. Um, but they were really good guys. You know, for the players, you know, for the most part, we didn't have too many issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when we weren't, obviously, on the field, you're going you're gonna to get a little scrappy yeah. because you see them every day. They live together in the hotel. You oh, know? really? Yeah, I mean, you're, you are together 24-7. So it's like fighting your brother. You know, you're playing against your brother. You really want to beat him a little bit extra. So, <laughs> um, but and coaches, too. Like, we, we, we would go at it a little bit here and there, you know. Obviously, we're competitive people. Sure. You know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But now, like, a couple of those guys on that Philadelphia staff are good buddies of mine. You right. Know, I talked to them here and there. And, and throughout the time we were out there, we would, the, de- the defensive, the younger defensive line coach for Philadelphia, me and him would go to the gym together. You right. know, stuff like that out in Michigan. So, um it also helps build connections for, for, for a young guy like myself. And Absolutely. like I said earlier, it's about, it's about who you know, not what you know. So um, you got to continue whole, to build the, the whole coaching. Yeah. Coaching. And then we travel together as well. So when we went down to Memphis to play Houston for week one, they were playing the Memphis team. So Memphis and Houston were both in the Memphis hub. Um, and they played Philadelphia played Memphis on Saturday. We played Houston on Sunday. So we flew down on Friday and then flew back Sunday night. All together. Um, all together on the same plane. Same plane. We're on the left side of the plane. They're on the right side of the plane. <laughs> and it's a packed house. You know, we right. chartered the plane, obviously, but then you got your equipment underneath. I mean, it was it was a lot 
to deal with of traveling. So um, Doug West, our operations guy in Michigan, shout out to him because he had a tough, tough job. Sure. I mean, there, they, and there's, there's always hiccups. It never runs smoothly. Um, we know that. <laughs> if we're trying to, you try to be as as understanding as possible, but it does get frustrating. You know, let's yeah. get real. I want to go home after the game, even if we win or lose. I'm trying to go home and go to bed. You know, right? Um, uh, and you know, think about them playing on a Saturday. Now they got to sit around a whole day before. They well, the good go thing back. is they can they can celebrate after they win. Uh, that's on, good point. On Saturday <laughs> that's night, good we had a, we point. had to wait till we never got to celebrate because we get right back on the plane Monday morning. We're back in the back office to work. ready to go. Yeah. You know. Um, but that's how it was also when we flew down to Birmingham. Same idea. You know, we were playing Matt White and the New Orleans Breakers, and um, they were playing Birmingham the day before. So, you again, you fly down Friday. You kind of you, you go watch the game on, on Saturday. You get to hang out and watch the game, but it, you, you don't really get to enjoy the city too much, you know. Sure. I mean, it's a business trip. You're, yeah. you're in and out. Exactly. Um, I, and I then, you know, playoffs at the end of the year. We ended, we're fortunate enough to make the playoffs in Canton, Ohio, for the North Division Championship, which uh, didn't go our way. Lost in overtime. It was a it – was if you were to watch that game, I mean, it's it was an awesome game. It was game. a good game. It was a really good game. Now that I'm a month and a half removed, I can say that. I mean, right. I, it, I I did torture myself and watch the TV copy <laughs> the next couple of days after just as it's kind of like my grieving process to mm-hmm. make sure I'm seeing everything again. But um, it was an awesome game. That's a heck of a team. The, the Pittsburgh Maulers were that defense was legit yeah, they were good legit they so made plays they late made in the a game lot of plays when they needed exactly it. and we didn't and that's what it came down to you right. know they made the two stops on the two-point plays in overtime and, and we didn't stop them you know and good good job but the offensive coordinator had two really good calls against us on the mm-hmm. two-point plays too so um but awesome season awesome experience you know obviously you're going to have your blips here and there that's never going to go as smoothly as you you expect um but it was i mean i i i'm excited to be back next year hopefully yeah uh so one of the things that I, I don't think, I mean, I guess football guys understand, and but like I don't, I don't know if everybody does, is that the level of coaching in the in the USFL is is ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Like Mike Nolan was a head coach of an NFL team mm-hmm. for a long for a while, for four years, yeah. And you know, even Kenji over at um, with the Houston Gamblers, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think Kevin Sumlin is their head coach. Like Kevin Sumlin was one of the hottest names. In college coaching, yeah, eight years ago, maybe not even that many mm-hmm. years ago, six years ago, you know, like Texas A&M, everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't watch the XFL just because we don't have any play. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to watch spring football. We don't have any that we don't have any players on. Mm-hmm. But I will watch. You know, I've watched plenty of USFL games. Uh, how important are the connections that you make from working with or for a guy like Mike Nolan, like now? Like he's got to know a million people in the coaching field. Yeah, for sure. He he. First of all, like I said before, unbelievable person. So smart. Like he's a guru to me when it comes to linebackers. Um, when I was, I just sat with him and watched film for the first twenty minutes the first day, and I'm like, oh my, I can't believe <laughs> I didn't see. How do I not know this? How do I not see this? There's so many things that he was pointing out that I never would have thought to look at and look for uh, when it just comes to linebacker play. Not to mention offensive tendencies and things that he sees that offenses do before they even do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the connections he has and and the knowledge that I gained, it's just, it's invaluable to me because, um, for example, the other day I texted him, you know, if, if I ever text him about any NFL thing that I hear of, of, hey, this guy left, can you reach out, see what's going on, mm-hmm. or can you see if I can get here? Within 10 minutes he has an answer. 
Really? Yeah, a legitimate answer. Like, he has a. Connect. Is that like something he offered up to you? Like, hey, yeah. if you see something that's attractive to you, like, yeah, and and that's, just reach out. Yeah, he he's I mean, like he said to me when in my interview, his goal is not only to get players to the NFL, but get his coaches to the NFL as well. You know, and obviously that's a dream of mine, something that I never thought was attainable right. when I got into this. But hey, if I'm here, I'm going to try and strike while the iron's hot and get there if I can. You know, Heck yeah. Um, and and uh, like so. The other day I texted him and said, hey, man, is there any way you can get me into some NFL training camps to just to walk around, meet some people, stuff, so stuff like that, has, spend a day. Mm-hmm. So I'll be going with the Jets, and I'll be going with the Ravens as well um, awesome. at some point in the next month. And, I mean, he just he just hit me back. He was just like, yeah, just let me know whatever date you want. I can get you in, you know, that's which is pretty cool. I mean, it, I, w- I wish I could do that too, you know. <laughs> right, well, well, who knows? One uh, day one day you may be able we'll to. We'll see. And, and and his son's also in the league. His son's a scout for the Jets as well. And I got to build a good relationship with him. He spent a week with us, mm-hmm. um, another really good person. And um, But he, like, w- before I even got out there and met him in person, he had me on the phone with, with quality control coaches from the Dallas Cowboys, which is the last place he coached. You know, so just easy, easy talks, easy conversations with guys that hopefully if my name comes up, they remember me and say, oh, yeah, I talked to that guy. He was a really good person. Let's let's give him a shot. Let's let's get him in the door, you know, Um, and that's that's kind of the goal of it. I just you just want to get your foot in the door somewhere, you know, and and hopefully um, Coach Nolan can help me get there. You know, I think just having him as a reference on your resume is huge is great as well. I'm sure it is. Do you want to go back to some mammoth time here? Yeah, we can. I mean, the only other thing I want just to, to kind of wrap the USFL bit was that it's not a 12-month-a-year position. Mm. So uh, while you're waiting for the next big thing or for next season or whatever, what what are you going to be doing from now until, you know, whatever February comes around again? Yeah, so there was a couple different routes that you could take. Um, I know some guys are volunteering at FBS programs that I worked with, or um, I know like like – the head coach of Birmingham got a special analyst job where he only has to work in the season and then he can go back to being the head coach for Birmingham in the spring. You know, mm-hmm. so fall he's with Northwestern and yeah, then Skip Holtz. Yep, Skip Holtz. So fall he's gonna be with Northwestern and then spring he's gonna be and that was something that I tried to do. Mm-hmm. But by the time that we got out of the season, it was July. Right. It's late by then. All the FBS guys, they're like, hey, I'm on vacation for two weeks, and then we're getting ready for camp. I mean, <laughs> I was talking to defensive line coach at Colorado, and he said, dude, you're screwed. He's like, at this point, <laughs> you got to really, really know somebody really well right. where they're going to make a position for you. Right. You know, he's like, basically, someone has to get arrested for you to get hired at school, <laughs> you know, which you would hope that wouldn't happen, obviously. Right. So, sure. And, and I'm not going to bank on that. So, um, Instead, I, I got pretty pretty lucky. My my high school that I, I played at, uh, Ultapan High School up in North Jersey, um, they uh, they had a paid spot that came available. So at the high school level, it's not really easy to just get a paid spot in a public school. <laughs> right, you know, so right. the position has to be available. So that was available, and um, called my my former defensive corner that I played for that's still there, and the former and, the, and my former head coach who's who's still there as well, um, and they both. They both jumped on the opportunity, you know, they offered me yeah, the job, jumped on the opportunity, and I'm going to substitute teach at my old high school during the day, uh, try and make a little bit extra cash, live with the parents a little bit, just to, and I think it's going to be great to live with my family, because, you know, when I started as a volunteer um, at Towson, they they supported me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty it's pretty hard to live in Baltimore, Maryland, m- making zero dollars a year, right? you know, so to be able to spend time with them. Um, help them out as much as I can around the house. I'm really excited for that, you know, because yeah. in this job, we could be, I could be in California tomorrow, 
you know, with another job. So um, as, as often as I get to be home, I try to do that as much as possible, you yeah. know, spend time with them. So be, be at the high school for the, for the fall, uh, help out with those guys. And I'm excited for the opportunity because for me, it's going to be something where that I'm not familiar with. I really got to coach the basics, right. you know, day one fundamentals <laughs> right. stuff where forget at, about division one college, forget about professional football. You're now coaching 15 guys that have never put a helmet on some of them, you know, some guys are like, ah, I'm in high school now let's play football, right. you know? So I got to try and really, really simplify it. Um, which is, I think it's going to be really good for me, um, in the future. Um, and also to get to learn from more people. I think the more people you're around, the more s- schemes, you, schemes you learn, the more coaches you're around, you see different coaching styles. Um, you get to pick and choose what you like, what you don't like. And that's going to make me a better coach, I believe in the future. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll dive back into your time here at Monmouth. Hawks. Um, oh yeah, you were part of the the first playoff team here, I believe. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Absolutely. I think something some that people might not remember that I remember was a young employee here. Um, I believe you came in as quarterback. I did mm-hmm. that. I did. Um, wasn't a very good quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did come in as a quarterback. Uh. So you came in as a quarterback, and then you make the switch over to linebacker, mm-hmm. which obviously got, gave you the opportunity to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense, but you weren't getting on the field as a quarterback. Oh, I think I knew that when uh, Kenji Bahar came in and <laughs> stepped in the door. Did, did you know when coming in from high school that that was a possibility, or were you like, I'm a quarterback and I'm going to play quarterback? I was like, man, I'm just happy to be here, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Um, uh, it was the only Division One opportunity I had coming out. Um, I visited – on a Wednesday, Coach Gabe took me around. Um, I got in the car with my parents after the visit, and I said, Mom, Dad, it's done. Mm. And I'm, I'm coming here. And they were like, all right, sleep on it. Give it a, couple, <laughs> give it a day or two. Relax. Um, and uh, called Coach Gabe on Friday and committed. committed and, and that was kind of the end of the story. And I, was, I, and I came here. I was a Mammoth Hawk. And uh, it was the best decision I made. I mean, I, I loved it. I truly loved this place, man. Uh, being back here now, it's it's weird. It's really weird being back, and because a lot <laughs> You're of an old man, now. I'm an old man. I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the stuff is the same, you know. Um, but there are some really good additions, and um, you know, it's it's just a great place. It's where I f- truly fell in love with the game, mm-hmm. um, because like and grew, grew, really fell in love with the schematics of the game too. Um, cause when I, you know, when I graduated, I, I went on wall street, I was on wall street for nine months, um, got my dream job. Um, and after yeah, I was, a, I was a sales trader for hedge funds and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do when I was in college. Right. Um, but a couple of teammates would always come up to me and say, Hey man, I think you'd probably be a pretty good coach. Like, you know, you're pretty knowledgeable about the game. Um, if I feel like you love it, you know, cause that was always the juice guy fired up running yep, around yep. screaming and yelling, like, you know, a crazy person like I was still am. Um, and then, uh, so I went on wall street and I called Gallo coach Gallo after probably like a month and a half, two months. I still didn't even finish my internship yet. And he was like, I was like, coach, I can't do this. I hate it. I'm bored. I want to get back into football. He was like, runs, relax. Right. You know, like again, like give it a give it some time. Go make some money. Yeah, at all. he's like he's like you don't want to do this. <laughs> he's it, like like he's really like trust me, you are making good money. This is not the job you want like for your future. Um, for you know, and and 
there's good and bad, obviously. In right. It. Um, but every job. Yeah, every job. So, and then after eight, nine months, I got my Series 7, got my 63, passed all the certifications. I was in it, trying to really do it. And I still felt the same. So I called Gallo after nine months and I was like, that's it. And uh, called Coach Kirkland, called Coach Demuzio, called Coach Morris, Coach Callahan, all of them to try and get advice on how to start, where to go. Every single one of them said, I was like, what's, what's your first thing you can, you know, first piece of advice? They all said, don't do it. Like every one of them, because it's a tough life. It is. I mean, and now that I'm in it, I really, you know, I, I know it, but it's what we sign up for, man. And, you know, all my friends, they always say, damn, man, you got the best job. You got the best job. I'm like, yeah, I got the best job until I don't have a job. Right. And I got to take a job that's for no money in middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. you know, because I know a lot of guys that have had to do that. Um, and it's what you got to do to be successful sometimes and yeah. stay in constantly it. moving. Yeah. Constantly moving. I mean, I've had a lot of long talks with my girlfriend, shout out to her, met her here on this mm -hmm. campus. You can you say know. her name. I, Amanda Miller. Shout out to her, <laughs> uh, cap two time captain lacrosse team. Uh -huh. Very, do you guys ever, uh, get into it about who, who had the better career here? No. Cause it was her. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely her. Um, she, she was a, she was a really good, really good lacrosse player. She was. And it runs in her blood, her whole family, man. Right. Every, uh, both of her siblings, division one lacrosse players. Dad was a division one basketball player, went to West Virginia, then transferred to Mount St. Mary's. Her mom was a division one lacrosse player who started the women's lacrosse program at Mount St. Mary's. So that's um, what their big love of Mount yeah. St. Mary's is. Yeah. I mean, I always see it like on social media. I'm like, what? They, it's in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Emmitsburg. It's, it's, it's a really nice area, you know, when you kind of, they, they like the country. That ain't really right, me. Right, right. That ain't me. I'm you gotta, you gotta want that life. Yeah, they love that it. life. I so, got it. Uh, like when I was first dating her, they, they just recently moved, but before they lived on a farm. They got cows in the front yard. That was a shock to me. <laughs> right. That to, was... to, to Mr. Old Tapan, that was difficult <laughs> a little for you? Bit, A little bit yeah. different, you know, going out and feeding the cows and hanging out and stuff. But, uh, no, it's it, it, it was great. So, um, you know, me and Amanda have a lot, had a, we've had to have a lot of long talks about sure. this and thankfully she's on board. And, and the, one of the best pieces of advice that coach Nolan told me is, Hey, if, if your wife or your girlfriend, your partner, she's, she runs, she is the reason that I'm still, you know, that you're going to be successful in this. Mm -hmm. Cause if they're not on this, you're not on the same page about what this job entails. It's not going to be an easy life, you know, not going to be yeah. an easy relationship, probably not going to end well. So, right. um, Obviously, her family, it's been tough with, you know, with her family, too, because, you know, they know that I hope, you know, probably at some point we're going to have to move, you know. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too much and hopefully it's not too often if it is. But too far. Yeah, too far or too often every year, stuff like that. And um, but it's 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 something that I chose because I truly love what I do. I show up excited every single day to come to work. I'm excited to just sit here and talk football for 18 hours and not do anything else. I love every second of it. So for me, I couldn't see myself doing anything else, you know. What um, what did you think about, I mean, obviously, you came in, we were in the Big South, which was already a big jump from the NEC. You're part of the first playoff team, which was huge. I mean, obviously, we go up to, to Northern Iowa. That didn't end so well. That was a good football team. But it was still such a momentous jump for us, right? Like, first playoffs in you know we had had football for i don't know at that point 20 something years 27 years yeah uh and and that's the first playoff team now we're in the caa and i tell people this all the time and i've probably said it on this this show three or four times but like this is my 18th football season at monmouth there was a time when when i was here not that long ago 
prior to bringing the Big South in that when we played a CA team, it was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, this is CA. Like yeah. that's the top two, top two conference, conference in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And if we can pull off this win. If we could beat Old Dominion, if we could beat Maine, which we still haven't done, but if we could beat Maine, uh, you know, if we could play this team, or Towson, you know, whatever, um, that's a really big deal. And then you fast forward, and what a difference, like, really rocket shipped from, like, your time to now. Yeah. Like, now we go into every week being like, yeah, yeah, we better win this game. No doubt. Like, we should win this game. Or we better be competitive against Delaware. Yeah. Or we, you know, we go in and beat Villanova at their Heck place. Yeah. Big win. Um, so, you know, as a player, that's got to be awesome to, to a big sense of pride of, like, you had a huge part in building that to, to where we're at. Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I think, first of all, Coach Callahan is an absolute legend. He's done an unbelievable job, like unprecedented unprecedented job at building this program literally from the ground up. Starting the program in 93, starting Division Three, working up to D, uh, Division One in the NEC, going to the Big South, and obviously the CAA now. Um, it's it's You don't see that, and you don't see the level of continuity that, that these guys have together and, and, and the amount of people that are still here. You see so much staff turnover. Um, they also have done an unbelievable job recruiting. I think they bring the right guys in that fit the mold of the program and the culture that has been set here for 30-plus years of hard work, doing the right thing, and good things will happen to you when that happens. You know, um, And that's, that's kind of what I live by, and that's been, that was what, what was instilled in me by the guys on the staff. Um, obviously, it was great to have success um, my senior year um, but again, that was that was due to the great work by the coaching staff of of recruiting well. Obviously, putting the right schemes in place to put us in the best position to be successful, whether that was offense, defense, and special teams. Um, and we had some pretty dang good players on on those teams. I mean, Absolutely. Mike Basile, Alex Thompson, those two guys. First of all, as leaders, were amazing. Great, great leaders. Did everything the right way. Great alums, too. Great alums. Oh, are, nobody loves here. Mammoth football more than Mike Basile. I know you're <laughs> listening to this. Nobody loves Mammoth football more than him. That's a great – that whole that whole like era is, is – and I've been around for a lot of them – is really a, a special era. Like, we're going down to play FAU in a couple of weeks. Mm. And at the golf outing, Gary and I played in the Mammoth football golf outing. Uh, they were all like – uh, yeah, we're coming down. And th- now they're bringing girlfriends and everything else, which is funny because I think it'll be a little oh, bit yeah. different than Middle Tennessee State. Oh, was. a little bit different than that with the Nashville <laughs> trip. That Nashville trip I heard was uh, a good time. Let's just say that. Sure, sure for those guys. Uh, they had called me, I think, the night before, like, come on. Let's go. I'm like, no, that, that's way too much. It, it was a good trip for everybody but one person. Well, I will not name we'll that leave name. That. We'll, leave that. We'll, leave that, uh, we'll leave that person to be uh, to be anonymous. Um but yeah, you're absolutely right. You, that that whole group and 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 it it's just a great group of alums that are back every weekend that they can possibly be back. And you guys are kind of in that sweet spot where you don't have kids yet that are dominating your your Saturdays and Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Monmouth football. It's work. It's work Monday through Friday, and it's Monmouth football on Saturday. And, right. and as long as those guys are around, uh, we we will love to have them back. Um, so so you're on the other side. Last year you were at Towson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to talk about that game. 
We can if you want. No, we don't have to. Well, I don't want to talk about it. You don't it. want to talk about it anymore. Defensively, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, there was no defense played in the entire game. I will say this is a pretty dang good offense, though. It is a pretty They did that offense. to just about everybody. They did. We re- and that's kind of why we were in, you know, in every game just about, you know. And and unfortunately, you know, Tony got hurt and yeah. Enzo kind of stepped in and did the best he could. Um, yeah, he did play well uh, just as a freshman being thrown in there, redshirt, whatever. Um You've been around a couple of days just out of practice. I think every the number one, everybody knows, right? Like, okay, we'll figure out the quarterback. We have a couple of good guys that are competing. Coach Cal is going to get that figured out in the next couple of weeks, he said. Uh, but this defense, what have you seen just because people are asking, mm-hmm. what have you seen that's going that's different about this defense that's not going to be the 108th ranked defense mm-hmm. in, in the country? I think, I think, first of all, the best part is they're returning a ton of guys. In the secondary, mm-hmm. linebacker core. I think they only graduated one guy in the linebacker core. Yep, and then when you brought in Jake Brown from brought Harvard. In, yep, brought in Jake, who's who's looked really, really good out of practice. Um, mm-hmm. Great great guy, very smart also. Um, I mean, graduated from Harvard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that goes without saying. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, the, the secondary core is really good. You got uh, Mike Reed, who to us on our scout, he was a guy that was circled last year on the scouting report mm-hmm. as, as our, our offensive staff thought he was one of the best corners in the CAA yeah. going into that game. I think he slept on a little bit. A hundred percent slept on. I didn't even know who he was. Right. Because I'm on the defense side of the ball. I don't worry right. about it. You're not the watching defenses, our you know? defense. Exactly. Right. And if I do, it's because I'm watching the other offense. So I didn't really know who he was. And our quarterback's coach comes up to me. He's like, yo, who is Mike Reed? I was like, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but Watching more and more of them, seeing him every day, how he works. I mean, really, really, really good talent on that defense side. Obviously, Eddie Morales running the show as a safety. Yeah, having can, him back is huge. Kind of a hybrid guy, too. Can mm-hmm. do a bunch of things for you. Um, he can play every – I'm pretty sure Eddie can play every position in the defense backfield. Oh, yeah. Me. Oh, yeah, right? 100%. Move him down to the slot. I he mean, can play corner, He's obviously. played corner, nickel. He's played deep safety, middle safety. He's done mm-hmm. all. So, having a guy like that that's also a great leader, very good leader. I've yep. seen that this week. Huge um, quality. It's huge um, character guy. 100%. Um, and being a walk-on that worked his way, awesome. I got to love that. I right. got to love that. It's a place man. in your heart for that's that. That's got a special place in my heart. So, um, obviously, and then you got TJ uh, also back there as, you know, DB. I mean, and they brought in some really, really good talent at the de- de- defensive line position. Um, there's a there's a decent amount of transfers uh, coming in that have some great size, great athletic ability. Um, and I'm really liking what I see. You know, I, I think it's going to be much better. At, you're always going to have a little bit. Of, of difficulty in the beginning in the CAA, especially defensively, because to me, the, the thing that most CAA teams do, there's some great coaches in this conference. Yeah, absolutely. Some very good coaches, and they really know what they're doing, really know how to take advantage of defensive schemes, um, and they mix in personnels a ton. So you're going to get anywhere from one tight end, two tight end, three tight ends on the field, one back, two back, all this different stuff. I mean, when you play William & Mary, you're going to get two quarterbacks on the field. You know, right. So there's a lot... That is new. And in the Big South, it wasn't really like that. You know, other than Kennesaw, right, you're playing the triple, you're going to see a similar offense every week where they're spreading you out and throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. That ain't the CAA. Right. Most teams in the CAA, they're going to use their tight ends, and they're going to come hit you in the mouth. They want to run it down your throat, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you you know, it's it's going to take some adjustments, and I think the defensive staff is working their tail off to make to make those adjustments. Good. We were in here till midnight last night, you know, like – that's what we're doing. That's what that's what these guys are doing. They want to be great, you know. They really do, and I think that they're they're doing everything in their power, um, players and coaches, to make sure that it gets better. Because they know 
what last right. year. That ain't the mammoth defensive standard. That ain't that ain't what it is here, right. you know. Um, and that's not what it should be, obviously. Um, and everyone's taking accountability for it, which is a good thing. And they're working to do some different things. And um, obviously, you know, them inviting me here is 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 something that also kind of shows they're just trying to get a different opinion on some things. Right. And, and I think that value works. what you can bring. Like, and it's not that I'm a guru. I don't know. You know, I mean, like I'm not this unbelievably great defensive mind but i've done different things and i mm-hmm. think i I'm, I'm enjoying being here to learn different things that they're doing right i've gotten some things and i'm like dang i really like that pressure i really like this this stunt this this adjustment that they're making in this coverage i think that's great and it goes both ways you know mm-hmm. um so you know i think there's going to be a lot of improvement moral of the story that's great that's great well i really one last thing for me i keep Greg's got a screen up here, and I keep seeing pictures scrolling across it. And one of them is uh, is after we beat Liberty. Oh yeah, uh, I guess you were probably snapping. I would think short snapper. Yeah, uh, was that was that the top moment you had here in your four years, or is there another one that sticks out? That was a huge game for that us. That was a huge game for us. Um, I remember that game like it was yesterday, man. Uh, kicking that field goal at the end of the game. Shout out Matt White. Putting it, up, putting it through the uprights, I was shaking in my boots, snapping that ball. <laughs> uh, that's a pressure situation. Over time, he made we, one at the end did, of regulation too, right? Yeah, and he made one at the end of regulation to go, and then they got the they got the ball first. They we get fumbled. a turnover. They fumble. Demetrius cover fumble. Yep, we yeah. get, and then it's just like two, three plays, and it, once they fumble, I'm like, oh god, here we go. I'm ready to go because <laughs> I didn't play a lick my sophomore year other than snapping the ball. That's the only way I got in the bus. Right, was being a short snap, was being one of the long snappers. Um, so I knew that was my only job. And I said to myself, you better not mess this one up. This is your only job. Let's get it going. It is you high know? pressure. It's a high pressure situation. Um, but the good news is not that high pressure. Cause if you miss it, you, you just go to double overtime, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like we had to make it to, nobody wants to be the person to fire the snap. No, over coach Cal, it's okay. Shit. We got double overtime. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. it's, it's cool that I fired that 20. I don't even know who the holder was oh, back then. Man. 20 yards. Ben Onet. Shout out Ben Onet. There it is. Trey on. So yeah, him Trey. at the golf. Uh, Trey Onet. Um, that was, de- that was definitely one of the highlights, but I-, I would probably say my favorite win, my favorite win was probably beating Liberty at home my senior year. Um, yeah, we, yeah, that, was, that we beat route. them pretty good. We beat them up pretty good. Yeah. That was the year that they opened up with Baylor at Baylor. They beat Baylor mm-hmm. at Baylor. Yeah, so when we saw that that was our homecoming game after, we're like, oh, God, you know? <laughs> it's like, dang, we got the – for homecoming, we got a team that just beat Baylor. Um, but they had a good quarterback. They had a really good quarterback, he yeah. The, uh, he had the buck race shot. Car- Yeah, buckshot. Buck yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think he was their quarterback then. Yeah. Um, so uh, – and they, they scored a lot of points on a lot of people, um, but we were able to hold them up, and, and that was a that was an awesome game. And that was also the game that I was awarded, like, you know, that year we they picked one senior every week to be a captain, and, mm-hmm. or two seniors every week to be a captain, and that was that was the week for me. So um, that was a special win. Yeah, I, I still got the I still got the the Liberty football from that game in my in my room because uh, that was my favorite win from the senior year. So, well, listen, one last thing before we cut you loose here. We've talked for like forty five minutes. I told you it'd only be a half hour. I can go all day, man. I know, I know. Um, hidden talent of yours. And I only know this from social media, really from Amanda's social media. This dude cooks. Oh yeah, like I like a chef. Like sometimes I think it's a lie. Like sometimes I'm like, no. <laughs> Runza went to some local Italian place up in North Jersey, 
and bought Plenty food. Of them. That's yeah, right. bought food, threw it in the oven, pulled it out, and put it on a plate. And then Amanda walked over and did like the oh look at. But I, where did you learn to cook like that? I mean, you're cooking all sorts of stuff. I've I've gotten pretty pretty diverse in my in my cooking abilities and different types of food. Um, my my dad, it was all my dad. Uh, my dad's the guy that cooks at home. Mm-hmm. My dad owned a restaurant for 17 years when okay. I was growing up. So I was in the restaurant growing up as a busboy all that fun stuff and seeing my dad cook. And now my dad cooks for us any type of food you could imagine. Mm-hmm. My dad can make it work and sure. it's legit. Like he's the real deal. So I've learned from him. I'll call him up and kind of play around. Some of the recipes are from TikTok. Not going to lie to you, <laughs> um, you know, things like that. Uh, but uh, it's just from doing it over and over again and messing up a lot. Mm. And to tell you the truth, it looks so good half the time. It's all about the garnish, man. It's all about <laughs> the plating. You just it's throw all about a little the bit plating. Of, and it, with an, with Italian food, throw a little bit of basil or some parsley on top, and it looks like it came from a restaurant. You know, um, what's your favorite thing to cook? Easy. Or what's the thing you think you cook the best? The best. Yeah. Um, all right, I got two answers for you. One, one is I just made it once, but it was it was amazing. Um, <laughs> That was recently the crispy rice with the spicy tuna on top. Oh, that was legit. That I made one time and that was like, I'm winging it, trying to figure it out. (laughs) And it came out unbelievably good. Um, But my, my definitely my go-to if I, if you were to say, Hey, one meal that I can cook for you, it's going to be rigatoni with vodka sauce and then chicken parm, but with the vodka sauce instead of the marinara sauce. I make the homemade vodka sauce, make, you know, chicken parm, pound out the cutlets, all that stuff. Um, and again, learned all that from my pops. So that shout, sounds, out to, shout out to Chris Runs a Senior. Chris Runs a Senior, crushing it in in the food and the child game. Obviously, um, give, give us some social media handles people should be following you on. Uh, yeah, so um, my Instagram is just at Christian Runza, um, one word, no spaces. Uh, my Twitter is at Coach underscore Runza. Um, that's all my uh, professional uh, social media accounts right there. Yeah, so. that's great. Uh, Christian Runza, thank you very much, man. Uh, love having you out here this week. Uh, love, great alum. Love having you around, and best of luck. We'll, we'll certainly be following a little bit of old Japan. Something I never thought I'd say. State champs last year. Yeah, I know. We t- I didn't even know that. We talked about that on the field yesterday. Um, good luck in the state championship, and 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 I hope you uh, I hope you crush it. And if it's with the USFL, that's awesome. We'll be watching again. And if it's with somebody else, you know, you got fans here all the time. So appreciate you uh, coming on, and um, we'll be back. Thank you guys so much, man. I really appreciate it. that time where we uh, highlight our couple of sponsors that are great partners of Monmouth University Athletics and one of those is Edison HVAC. Edison Heating and Cooling provides full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. We also have our folks over at Tita Green, New Jersey's finest indoor golf training center recreational facility, now open in West Long Branch. 12,000 square foot facility consisting of eight trackman golf simulators, a huge short game area for putting, chipping, and pitching, lounges, a pro shop, and a custom fitting room. Also, club repairs, regripping, and regular on-site fittings with all the top manufacturers. Located at 185 Route 36 in the Monmouth Park Corporate Center, the same building as the Monmouth University Graduate Center. 
Check them out online at t2green.com. That's the number two. Follow them on Instagram, t2greengolfnj. Discounts available for the Monmouth University community. Get on over to t2green. We are in prime golf season right now. Late summer, early fall. It's a great time to uh, fine-tune some things, work on your game, and uh, head into that end of summer stretch uh, pretty strong. Got to shout out my man here. Um, Did play in a golf night a couple weeks ago. Excuse me, with Mammoth Football, <laughs> Joby Brook. It was a, a great day. Um, we played it in a, in a scramble with a couple of the uh, members of the Mammoth Football staff. And um, shot of the day, my, my podcast co-host on the final hole we played, which I believe was the 17th hole, um, to about three inches with an eight iron. So that was uh, that was the shot of the day in our group. That was our only birdie. And uh, I don't think that was our only birdie. My better was our only. I don't think so. Um, we shot seven over. We shot. We shot seven over. Mm. Eight over. Eight over. No, we were less than that. Like four or five, I think. Was it, it was eight? a good shot, but 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 you're being very modest because you were. We used your drives, <laughs> probably thirteen out of the eighteen holes. You were crushing the drives, and even driver was hot that day. Even went like the two times that I was like, man, I think I got Gary beat. We'd like get up to the ball, and you'd be like six feet closer <laughs> or like in a better part of the fairway so i just i just wasn't having it but it's good no day. it was a good shot good. it was fun a lot of fun good day my um, football good shot good fun good food great course shout out to uh mark bryson who works over there but also is our women's golf coach he um he, did a, he does a fantastic job just a fantastic job so yeah that was a good one uh we're back for the summer's over summer is us. summer is over for us. Maybe for not for most people, but it's over for us. Over for us. Um, the content coming out of Monmouth for the first couple of days of football and soccer have has been outstanding so far. So kudos to you guys. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. I, I love, I love the questions coming out of the locker room. I can't wait for the, for the next edition of it. Um, I know that was a big NFL thing that everybody kind of jumped on and, they're always on to something new, but um, but I really like them. And Shout out Jameer Barnes was the, uh, I guess, the uh, unofficial winner of the first uh, football questions. If you haven't seen it, check it out on social media. Um, who has the best shoe game on the team? you got 110 choices now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did have one coach that was nominated as well. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jameer Barnes, got, he won that one out, but that, that was really good. Um Football camp going strong. Women's soccer back on campus in a few short days. Men's soccer, field hockey will be back. And then uh, towards later in the summer, cross country. So we are back. Uh, CAA year two. We, I'm interested to see year two. Year one was a big adjustment in just about every sport. Um, I think that our coaches, who I have full belief in, uh, have gone out and done a really nice job um, recruiting to the CAA and, and getting us in the conversations with players that uh, prior to us being in the CAA that we wouldn't even be in the, in the homes of or be in the, in the heads of. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how much better we can get because I, cause I, I just like our coaches, we've had, they've, most of them have been here for so long and we've won at every spot we've been at. You know it's going to just be a matter of time before we start uh, ramping it up to the CAA. So um, looking forward to that. 
We have a brand new athletic director, acting athletic director, Jen Sansevero. Um, looking forward to having her on the podcast next. Uh, she probably would have been this episode, except for, um, you know, bumped into to Christian Runza and just knew that'd be a great opportunity for him to come in and talk about coaching professionally and what it's like, you know, to, to, to be an alum now that we're in the CAA and kind of some of his memories and coaching with Mike Nolan and all those kind of things. Um, is Mike Nolan, Mike Nolan, when he was at the 49ers, he was trying to get coaches to wear suits on the sideline. That was him, correct? Yes. Hmm. I support that. Um, uh, I don't know. In football, I think it's kind of stupid. It's outdoors. I've gotten used to it in hoops now because I was a hoops traditionalist where like you should be wearing the suit and all that other stuff. But now COVID kind of put See, for it. me, I mean, I, I, I tongue in cheek, I support the suits in the NFL because I think it's kind of funny. Right. Um, like a guy running up and down the sidelines with a headset, chasing yeah. after a ref. Well, it's old school, like Hank Shram. Right. Like you should be <clears throat> like smoking somebody. darts. Right, with a I mean, nice hat on. Yeah, hat on. on. Maybe you got to light a couple butts during the play. Like. But for me, for look at every sport that goes across college athletics, none of them wear suits except for basketball or did wear suits except for basketball. True. You're 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 running up and down. You're kneeling on the ground, drawing up plays. Mm-hmm. You're 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 coaching. You're sitting next to these sweaty dudes on the bench. Like, why you gotta have a suit on? Don't it talk, seems you talk about Ricky like that. I didn't say anything about Ricky. <laughs> He's sitting next to sweaty dudes on the bench. Yeah, players. <laughs> Do you, you why 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 you gotta wear a suit? It doesn't make, never no, I, listen. I you know I thought at first it was kind of weird, um, but now you know. And I'm just used to it, and like in the end, who really cares? You got to make up a good point. Um, but yeah, Mike Nolan, I remember that. But I remember being like, people were there's so a rule. against there's it. Like you can only do it twice a year. Wear a suit? Yeah, there's a rule in the NFL. That's like, a stupid. You can only wear a suit twice a year. So he would do it like, I think maybe it would be like week one, like a big game or something. I don't like really. You, I thought you could only do it twice. There was I don't know if there's a rule anymore, but there was a rule. That's a stupid rule. Because I remember him being like, why can't I just do it every week? Like, I like yeah, like if but you know why? <laughs> you know why? Because of money. Yeah, because you gotta have Reebok. You gotta have your lo- yeah. That's why it has nothing yeah. to do with what you're dressed in. It has to do with. We've got to the point in football too, where like it used to be like polos and pullovers. Now it's like hoodies and well, that's cut the, off hoodies. It's the Belichick look. Well, everybody though, sleeveless hoodies. Not not Andy Reid. He's only he's got the he wears like a starter jacket. <laughs> I respect that too. I love a good starter jacket. Yeah. Um. So yeah, new acting athletic director Jennifer Sansevero. She uh, is doing a great job so far. Um, we're gonna have her on, I think, next. Hopefully next week. Uh, keep it peeled to social media. Yeah, um, big. Uh, just let's talk a little bit about Justin Robinson playing on the Bayheim's Army mm-hmm. on the uh, on ESPN the other night. Killed it. He did. Doing just doing Justin Robinson things. Just doing Justin Robinson. <laughs> I saw him just straight jab step, pull up, hit a three from like twenty four feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was laughing just to myself. Justin, they need another guy, and I guess there was a connection to Justin and somebody that has an involvement with that team, and and they brought him in, and they won a couple games. They lost recently um, to, I think the Marshall team. I could be wrong about that, but um, Justin being Justin, I mean, getting set for another year overseas. It's awesome. Um, our pro basketball lineup continues to to grow and, and get bigger. Nobody from last year only had one senior, but um, but I think most of our guys are going to be back over playing overseas that have been already. Um, 
So. Any, anybody go into the Fukushima firebombs? No, that was a hotspot for us. That for was a, a pipeline. That was a Deion Jones, Chris Brady. Um, that was a pipeline. We had a couple teams guys play for firebombs. Firebombs. Yeah. No, um, I don't think so. I don't, not maybe. You never know. Launched, uh, launched our collective. I don't know if that was last episode we talked about it or not, but the uh, Flyhawks Alliance. Um, definitely go on our website because you can get some information there. Um, and you know, if you want to make a gift and get something out of it, and I don't know, we can't really do anything about that except for talk about it. Uh, but we have a, we have a collective now, the Flyhawks Alliance through uh, Sunil. And that is going, you know, there's already some people have contributed and um, I think it's going to be a great thing for our student athletes to be able to get paid on for their name, image, image and likeness. Same thing with the athletes thread store. Uh, we put that all over social media. Um, you can now buy uh, Monmouth University athlete gear specific and the athletes get a portion of that, a pretty good portion of that. So um, all kind of NIL opportunities that we're doing here at Monmouth and that's only going to keep growing because that is the college uh, division one college model right now. So we're in it to win it. Uh, I guess next week, maybe we'll talk a little bit about conference realignment because it's still going cool, to have a lot to talk about. It's like, yeah, the balls are up in the air right now. There's lots of juggling going on. Um, quick tease. Um, I'm, I'm assuming or hoping that, um, well, I could say with certainty by the next time we do a podcast, we will have uh, announced our men's basketball non-conference schedule. So, be on the lookout for that, the little T's. Um, but that is about ready to go. We're just, just crossing some T's, dotting some I's, and um, and that will be ready to rock. So be able to fill out your, your November and December plans. And uh, we got some, some good ones that nobody knows about on there. So Yeah, it's a cool schedule. It's a really cool schedule. There's some familiar people. There's some good high majors. There's some, some home games. Some home, Yeah, we're always hearing about the home games. All right, guys, we get it. It's just not the way scheduling works. You can you can do some home and homes, and sometimes people need a home game, and that's the only person you can play. So you're playing on the road first, and then you know you, you end up with only four or five home games, and uh, and you need to have some guarantees um, to to make the ship run here. Plus, it's exciting to play those high majors. Everybody likes them when we go out and beat them, or even I mean, Q's last year was I don't know what did it end up being like a nine point game yeah, we, or something. We, Jack Collins got really hot in the first half. <laughs> that was fun. Jack Collins coming out party. So anyway, um, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hawk Talk. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, appreciate all of our sponsors. And we'll be back next week. Really big thanks to to our guy, uh, Christian Runza, because he was, um, he was just excellent uh, the whole time. And I wasn't laughing there. That was the wrong button I hit just so, you know. I can own up to that mistake. Um, Gary, till next week. More football content, more soccer content coming out very soon. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.
Health Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.